Oh, Pepe Sanchez, episode eight. Welcome to my secret basketball podcast. I'm Seth Allen. Hey, Seth Allen, all platforms, except for Twitter. I left that. It's interesting being off Twitter during the trade deadline time. Uh, here's the weirdest way this has played out for me. Um, I still get all the news. Either people text me or, you know, through conventional uh, Google Google searches, hoops, hype, website, whatever. Um but in a strange turn of events, I actually am enjoying listening to basketball podcasts now. I never used to. I think when I was on Twitter, it's just like too much. And I don't need to hear somebody talk about what I've just been seeing, you know, mainlining into my brain all day. But I, I listen to, um, I'm a Brian Windhorse podcast guy now. I'm, I'm a Windy, I'm a Windy, I'm a Windy, what is, is there a name for his fans? Wind. I'm a Bry, I'm a Bry guy. I'm just going to call myself a Bry guy. I'm a huge Bry guy now. Um, and listening to his, him and Bobby Marks' podcast, they put me at ease a little bit because there's, you know, Bobby Marks says 84% of in-season trades happen the first week of February. Before that, it's mostly just smoke and mirrors, wrangling. There's also some weird changes to the CBA that I hadn't read about that apparently some teams are waiting to learn more about that before they make any more moves so they kind of know the landscape they're going to be in this summer. Anyways, more importantly... The Glizzy Gun. Um, someone someone uh, posted that in a at a at a Bucks game. They thought they were catching a T-shirt from a T-shirt cannon, and they caught it, and it turned out to be a bratwurst. <laughs> and I gotta say, I love the Glizzy Gun. Um, this has really been a breakthrough, fun marketing year for the NBA. Uh, and really, I say that because you know the bar was set very high with the Beam team. All right, the Beam. You know how I feel about the beam. Like the beam. Show it show it to the aliens. You know, uh, let the aliens know the Kings got another W. Uh, the Kings are like the feel-good team of the season. And that's all because of the beam. Let's be honest. Sabonis, Fox, Herter, come on. They're doing great. But you know who's doing really great is the beam. The beam <laughs> is the dream. All right, But the glizzy gun, I would be... I'm mad I didn't invent the glizzy gun. That's how much I like it. I'm like, I wish I would have invented this. Um, and then, you know, I wouldn't have to uh, make a podcast uh, that's a secret. You know, I could just do whatever I want. I would probably own a team. I would rename them the glizzies. We would shoot glizzies into the crowd all game. Um, we would have incredible deals. Uh, incredible uh, condiments. It would be uh, <laughs> a good time for everyone, you know. We'd have big ones, small ones, medium ones, whatever you want. And put whatever you want on them. And you know what? We score 100 points. Guess what? Free glizzies. Oh, that would be so fun. We'd call ourselves the glizzy gobblers. Or the glizzy goblins. Glizzy gobs? Glizzy goblins. Glizzy gobblers. Anyways. But this has been a... a, a a wild time. Um, I'm getting hyped up for you know next week's trade deadline. I'm I'm drinking water. I'm trying to get my full eight hours. Uh, you gotta hydrate. You gotta get ready. You gotta <laughs> you gotta menstruate. You gotta hydrate. You gotta procreate. You gotta be ready for what's gonna happen. Um, Chris Haynes had a <laughs> a very funny I thought uh, report that the Blazers are quote engrossed in various trade scenarios and basically everything is on the table besides trading Damian Lillard. Um, 
But at the same time, he mentioned no possible trades, no teams they're talking to. There's some some stuff that maybe, um, you know, I think it was just from low speculation that the Heat would want Josh Hart. But everyone wants everyone wants Josh Hart. Uh, every, every team. He could help anybody. So, whatever. So, while that's all brewing, that's coming to a boil. All right. I finally decide to check out Overtime Elite on Amazon Prime. Uh, all the games are the games are up there. You can watch them anytime, and I highly recommend it because, as weird as it seems, I've got to say the experience of watching it is even weirder. Um, it's very it's it's like Gen Z televised produced AAU basketball. It is one of the weirdest things I've ever seen. I can't get enough of it. So I, I tune in. The announcers I don't I don't know who these people are. They look like teenagers, uh, plus Isaiah Thomas, who is the size of a child. <laughs> and I so I Google the announcers, and they're um they're all Twitch, they're like Twitch celebrities. So that's who calls the game. Plus again, uh, Tacoma's own Isaiah Thomas, uh, who by the way doesn't know who any of these kids are, and he just kind of chimes in if something ooh that was nice or yeah, or they ask him like who who did you like who did you hate to play against? He's like, Oh, Dwight Howard and they're like, Oh yeah. These kids have no idea who Dwight Howard was. They think he's just the guy who who who's getting dominated by Sim Bular in, in Taiwan now or whatever. They don't know. He's talking about he talks about old man shit, you know. Uh, they have a vibe cam. There's a vibe cam which is a GoPro strapped to a guy's head who walks <laughs> around. And he interviews players using the the tiny microphone. Now, what? Why has the internet embraced the small microphone? Is it just because it's funny? Because I think so. I and it is funny. It's you. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's a micro, a microphone. Oh my god, a micro microphone. It's like I want to say two inches tall. And I first saw this microphone in cat videos. A lot of people hold it up to their cats and they put like echo effects while the cat makes noises adorable amazing content keep it coming all right but they also use it on the vibe cam to go up and like interview players before they shoot free throws and stuff he kind of just walks around the court the vibe cam um and you know my squad it's early my fandom is still up for grabs of ote but right now i'm a cold hearts guy all right i'm a cold hearts guy through and through i love ryan gomes (laughs) he's their coach (laughs) <laughs> also one of the games i was watching uh the coach was smacking his players around pretty good uh you know they didn't sign up for that shit <laughs> they signed up to get to ote to get a paycheck and two million instagram followers they did not sign up to have some coach smacking them around telling them to play defense more physically like you could uh you could get that going to uh college basketball you know what i'm saying oh Cold Hearts, coached by Ryan Gomes, the great Gomes. Uh, Rob Dillingham is their star. If you haven't seen, very, uh, very bucket, bucket, bucket getting uh, short point guard uh, turned down Kentucky. I like his history. I like that his his one of the funniest things in overtime elite is they tell you the player's uh, previous uh, place. You know, like anything, like any league would do it and his previous team was uh donda academy so <laughs> rob dillingham has already in his in his early career has already turned down kentucky to sign with kanye west's donda academy which obviously is uh you know i haven't heard from them lately i wonder what happened 
So now he he went from Donda Academy to OTE. Um, and he's kind of like a loose cannon uh, scoring point guard. Little guy. But he's fun. That's fun. Oh, there's also this player named Bryson Warren. And his previous team was Bryson Warren United. <laughs> he started, he had an AAU team. But obviously just about himself. Would you sign up to play for someone's AAU team if they're if you knew that they were just it was named after them? And you're like, oh, I think I'm uh, here to set screens and get rebounds <laughs> and pass it back to Bryson. We are Bryson Warren United. I am Seth Allen United, but OTE. I think I'm gonna keep checking it out. It's kind of it's bizarre, man. It kind of reminds me of like when you would watch a weird like in the '90s when you you know like American Gladiators or. You know the the trampoline basketball. There's a weird um, uh, pre. Uh, there's a weird like overly produced editedness to watching the games, and like clearly they're in like some small gym, and that they put kids all like the courtside is all like kids mostly. It's and like the it just it's bizarre. It it feels like it's in a laser tag arena or something. It, it's it's bizarre. I I. Cannot see this lasting. Um, <laughs> but, you know, a ton of money is behind it. If it works, it works. <laughs> what do I know? Um, I got one one complaint, too, uh, before, I, before I move on to more positivity. Uh, sometimes, every once in a while this happens, there are, quite simply, too many games on at once on the West Coast. Um... I have trouble. There is a time when I'm like, I'm just, so I'm watching basketball on apps that are on TV and uh, illegal pirate streams for for parody purposes only on my laptop. You can't flip through apps like you can flip channels on cable. So it's very difficult. So I'm really, I'm watching like, th- this was a, a little bit ago, and I'm like, I'm watching Blazers Cavs, right? Then I get a text from a friend that Gonzaga BYU is going down to the wire. Well, shit, I want to see Gonzaga lose. I switched that. That's an incredible finish. They pull it out. Oh, then, oh, hey, oh, someone else. Oh, uh, University of Portland, um, your squad, the pilots, they they went, they went. got a bunch of losses because they had injuries, but all their guys were back. So now I'm sucked in because that's on some channel. Now I'm watching that. And then my dad texts me, the Lakers-Mavs is going down to the wire. Change over to that. And it's, it's hard, you gotta, you know, all these, none of these apps want you to close the app, so it's like, exit, 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 yes, okay, yes, I'm sure, yes, I'm positive, yes, I'm sure I'm positive, let me out of here, I gotta go into my parents' dish app, I gotta siphon off them, cause that's where my ESPN is, ah, god, this is gonna take forever, guide, sports, blah, 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 scroll, 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 oh no, now I gotta go back to TNT, cause some, oh my god. It was a long night, is what I'm saying, and uh, I think you can all relate to my suffering. Um, and, then, and then I'm watching, you know, the Ducks and the Beavers getting blown out in there. Uh, Blazers game's close again. Lakers been double OT. Oh, no, now the Pilots game is close. Now they're, they're pulling it out. And I'm just like, oh, my God. We need to... <sighs> Cable would just be a lot easier at some point, you know. Uh, I floated the idea of cutting cutting the apps what are they when you cut the cord that's a that was a catch a catchphrase that caught on for getting rid of cable oh, we're cutting the cord it made it sound so cool what about when you're cutting the apps 
Like, Netflix is basically bullshit. We can cut that, right? Um, I don't know. It's a, it, it was an uphill battle when I, when I brought, I raised the idea of why don't we just get rid of, like, all of these things. But, because cable is still more expensive than, like, having 20 streaming services. Uh, but it is nice for sports. It is, it is the way to go for sports. Um, for example, college, college is off the, off the chain right now. I mean, whatever you're paying attention to, either, uh, the changes in the rankings, not my bag. All right, I'm more into Amani Bates scoring 43 points. He's <laughs> he's back, baby. Bates is back. No, like this is such a an interesting life that he's living that probably nobody can relate to who's walking around on Earth. Maybe like a Lenny Cook, but even him, that was before the internet, so maybe not because he was the greatest prospect since LeBron when he was 14, and then he was washed up by the t- in the eyes of like. The internet. By the time he was set and and scouts. By the time he was seventeen, he was deemed like he doesn't. Oh, he doesn't have it after all. And now, now he's kind of he's bouncing back. He's having a good season. He's he's scoring a lot. He's shooting well from three. Uh, you know he's. And we're kind of you're kind of seeing it again. That like the six nine guy with a bunch of perimeter skills. Forty three points at Toledo, baby, on the road. He went into Toledo's house. And he dropped 43 on him, nine three-pointers. I wonder if, I looked, I got curious of, of um, where that falls on most points scored in, in Division One this season. And that's sixth. <coughs> sixth on the season. But I do, he played all 40 minutes of that game. And I do, but I do wonder if any of those other ones were on the road. Because that's, you don't see that very often. That's, I mean, it's, it's rare to score that many points in a college game for sure. But it's even more rare to do it on the road. And while I'm doing my fact-finding, what do I see? Little Portland Pro-Am legend Marcus Sahonis himself, who's at Long Beach State now, uh, from Portland, Oregon, from Jefferson High School, uh, he actually scored 46 in a game uh, last week uh, for Long Beach State. That was a double OT. He played 54 minutes, but got 46 points, and that is tied for the most points scored in Division I basketball this season. Um, so he's, he's all over the record books. He was a big West player of the week for that. Uh, it's a, it's a Long Beach state, uh, record for most points in a game. Uh, and it, you know, happy to see him, <laughs> the PIL legend he's on, I think his third college team. Uh, yeah, he went to UW, he went to VCU. Now he's at Long Beach state. Uh, and a, and a, and a, one of the more fun players to watch in the Portland program every year. Um, because of his, you know, his he's definitely a a volume bucket getter, and he definitely has an, an air of like I'm too good to be here, like I, like this shit's annoying me, you know. He he gets like, kind of like he seems like he's kind of frustrated the whole time, but he's just getting buckets, and it's fun to watch. And uh, he is uh, one of my favorite locals for sure. So that's cool. So he's 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 popping off. I got overtime elite over here. I got Rob Dillingham over here, veteran of, of Tonda Academy, survivor. Uh, Monty Bates is back. Oh my god! It's just a, it's a. We got the Glizzy Gun. It's all going crazy. I was also catching some can't. I can't help something in me. I don't know why. I, I, I actively root against the Kansas Jayhawks, but I something in me likes them, and I can't figure out what it is. Um, 
I like I that's the team I'm most likely not even just this year's team, but in most years they're a team like if I see a game on I'll just sit there and watch it. I think part of it is because Allen Fieldhouse uh, into the fog is I don't have a big bucket list for for myself. I don't believe in in bucket lists. I believe in getting buckets. <laughs> um, I don't list buckets. I get them, baby. You know what I'm saying. But seeing a game at Allen Fieldhouse is on my is on it. Um, I think just from a kid being a kid and watching how. First of all, I love um, old college basketball gyms, which are kind of a thing of the past. Um, most places now, if you're a big-time program, you eventually just build yourself basically a little pro arena. Um, and so, like, that old thing of, like, when I was when I was a kid uh, back in the 50s, um, <laughs> uh, a lot of college teams played in cramped little gyms still, and that was more fun to watch you could feel the environment was really intense and the, the student sections going crazy and I feel like uh Allen Fieldhouse still has it and I, I would like to go there <clears throat> you know technically the old uh the old guy that invented basketball you know is from Kansas so they kind of like claim the whole sport which I think is annoying um <laughs> but you know you gotta have something what else do you have uh you know, old old peach baskets, uh, Kansas. But um, also, he's Canadian. Um, Canadians don't don't claim basketball, although they're they're kind of just taking it over right now. So maybe they maybe they're doing it in a very low key Canadian way. Um, hmm, interesting. They're coming back for the game. James Naismith was Canadian, right? Um, did I make that up? No, he was born in. Uh, Almonte, Mississippi Mills, Canada. Died in Lawrence, Kansas. From Canada to Kansas, the James Naismith story. So that is a, a bucket list thing for me to go to a game there. I don't know if I ever will. Um, it would have to be a special trip. It's not like there's anything over there on the way to something else. It's not like I'll be in town <laughs> checking out something else. You know, it'll be a it'll be a costly it'll be a costly trip to do something when uh, I could easily go do something that is probably uh, more worth doing. Anyways, what else is on my list, my bucket list? Oh, Madison Square Garden. Um, I don't think it has to be a Knicks game, though, but I do want to see a basketball game at Madison Square Garden. I think it could be one of the, could be a college game. I think I'd be fine with that, but I do just want to watch a basketball game at Madison Square Garden. It should be the Knicks. Who, who, am, I do? who am I kidding? If I'm going to a game there, it should be the Knicks. Um... You know, that's just a, a cultural center of, of basketball, uh, historic. That would be fun. And I think my last basketball bucket getter list is uh, Eurobasket. I want to go watch Eurobasket, and I think I'm going to. Uh, I've already laid the groundwork uh, that it's going to be, I believe, in Latvia, the knockout round of 2025. I'm going to time it. I'm going to say 40th birthday. I'm going to Riga, baby. And I'm going to watch Eurobasket. And I uh, gotta hold myself to that. Because again, once you get down to it, you're like flight, hotel. You're kind of like, well, I just love staying in <laughs> a little too much. You know, and, uh, you know, or maybe there's a more glamorous, if I'm going, if I'm getting going international, spending all this money, maybe, uh, maybe, uh, old Latvia isn't, uh, super high on the list. Maybe it goes. Maybe it gets bumped down a little bit. Now I'm in Italy uh, where there's no Eurobasket 
in that year. So I don't know. Uh, but th- those are my three things. I'd say Eurobasket, MSG, Allen Fieldhouse. Uh, pretty pretty short, tight list, uh, I'd say. Oh, boy. Trades, trades, trades. Everyone get ready. Um, you know, sharpen your glizzy guns. Clean them responsibly. Uh, keep the safety on unless you're ready to unless you're ready to pull that trigger to squeeze that thing. Um, that's gonna do it for this episode of Pepe Sanchez. Uh, I might do a, a a trade week bonanza depending on how intense it gets. Um, I might just uh, need to need to trade Euphoria Splooge all over. Oh, and then we're then we're right into the All Star Game, which is of course everyone knows. Besides the playoffs. NBA All-Star Weekend is my favorite thing during the NBA season. I've already blocked it out on my calendar. I'm not doing any shows. I'm going to stay home. And I like, I don't watch the game as much. I'm usually over it by the time the game comes on on Sunday. I'm all about uh, the night before. I'm all about the events, three-point junk, whatever. I love the Rising Stars. I love the Taco Bell Skills Challenge. I go, I get a whole big spread from Taco Bell, and my challenge becomes eating it without throwing up. And I watch the the, the, the fellas dribble through the cones and throw a basketball through a tire. And I can watch that all day. That's my favorite That's my favorite thing. So uh, big things coming about that. Oh, and, and Shane Sharp in the dunk contest. We got that. That'll be good. Oh, you know what? Mac McClung in the dunk contest. I got thoughts. I think that if the NBA starts letting G League players into the All-Star Weekend events, particularly the dunk contest, NBA players are going to be even more unlikely to want to do it. And get this, they are definitely, definitely, I'm not saying Mac McClung will win it, but if they let G League guys into the dunk contest most years, the G League guys are going to win it. Have you seen the G League dunk contest? It is better than the NBA dunk contest every year. Like, you got guys who maybe they have a little more time on their hands. Or maybe they're just, they're they're more freakishly athletic. They just got some gap in their game that's keeping them out of the league or they just haven't gotten the right call up yet. They'll come in prepared and focused and as athletic as anybody and they will start winning the shit out of the dunk contest. I don't know if Matt can. Um, I actually like Shaden quite a bit to win it. Um, but a lot of years, I mean, if like, I don't know if they're trying to say, maybe they just are like, fuck it. NBA guys don't want to do it. They do a terrible job. Cole Anthony <laughs> tried to kill this event last year with his stupid Timberland fucking up dunk shit, whatever that was. Um, so now <laughs> the G League is coming to try to save the dunk contest. And I think I'm, I'm uh, every year I'm a big advocate of, I hate this, the dunk contest is dead thing. That's like a, that's a very casual uh, fan take. It's somebody who hasn't, either doesn't pay attention to patterns or just hasn't been watching it very long because it, it's always been up and down. It always depends on having a couple people who are just super great at it. It's always been like that. There'll be great years. There'll be booms and there will be busts. All right. Last year, huge bust. 
Um, like the three-point contest, and I'll, I'm sure I'll get more into this, but the three-point contest has a higher floor but a lower ceiling. I don't care. Someone making all the three-pointers is never as cool, will never be as good as fucking uh, Zach Levine, Aaron Gordon, Vince Carter. You know, it will just never be that good. It, it, as a good dunk contest is better than the best three-point shootout. And I used to, it used to drive me crazy, these fucking casuals talk about how the three-point shootout is better. First of all, shut the fuck up. No, it's not. You're, you're being, you, I know what you're doing. You're doing a thing. I know what you're doing. It, it's less variable. It's less variable. It's more consistent, okay, because it's just a, like a, you know, it's what it is. It's not going to be horrible. It's like much less likely to be horrible, but it's also like it cannot compare to a good dunk contest year. Absolutely not. And the dunk contest always goes ups and downs. You know, you just need, look, Zach Levine can't do it every year. <laughs> I mean, I wish he could. Um, but yeah, there, there will be great dunk contest years in the future. And there will be bad ones in the future. Uh, assuming we have a future at all. Hey, nukes. Okay. And really, the take I want to hear is that the skills challenge is the best event. Which is also not true, but it would at least put a smile on my face to hear somebody say it. Alright, well that's just a little teaser because I'm going to get way more into that because I love it so much. Uh, this is it. Pepe Sanchez, don't tell Pepe. Hey, Seth Allen, all platforms. Uh, except Twitter, obviously. Dumpster fire, I'm out of that. And that's it.